Thank you, uh, Wayne. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, everyone who's contributed so far to the, the carol service. It's a joy to sing those carols afresh and to hear those uh, readings, which may be familiar to some of us. May the Lord bless it to our hearts. May it seem really fresh to us th this year. Um, well, um, greetings from um, all at Birmingham City Mission and from my, my wife and children who can't be here today. Uh, uh, it's wonderful to, uh, to visit. It's always a real joy for me. It really is one of the highlights of my year of ministry is, is coming here to Quinton Evangelical. I think been visiting um, probably my 12th consecutive year and you've been so brave to have me back all that time. Uh, thank you. And it's, I've seen so many changes in the church during that period. It's wonderful to see the growth here. Lots of new faces as well as some familiar faces uh, as well. And it's great to renew, renew fellowship. Great to see uh, Pam here this morning and, and a number of other faithful stalwarts of the, the church here. I always uh, remember a dear Don uh, with thanks in my heart uh, for what a faithful dear man and godly brother and example that he was. Dear Don Crawford, uh, many people know him, perhaps some of the more recent people won't um, uh, so much. And um, we're thankful for his legacy. He rests from his labours. He's in glory now uh, with, with the Lord, with, with his Saviour. We do remember this time of year. All the saints who passed on, who've kind of gone before us and uh, kind of uh, leading us in the way. Uh, with Christ as our example, our torchbearer, our Saviour and King. So let's, uh, before we come to, to God's word, let me, let me lead us in prayer. Uh, loving Lord, gracious Heavenly Father, it's a joy and a blessing to be together. Thank you for uh, giving us the desire, the ability to, to come out this morning, this cold morning, uh, to um, be warmed, certainly uh, physically, in our hearts through your word, through the wonder of Emmanuel, God is with us. The wonder of God becoming a flesh, a human, Lord, to rescue us, uh, Father. Lord, if these things are familiar to us, may we not get overly familiar or casual with it. Flippant, Lord, um, just re refresh and renew our hearts uh, once again, we would pray. Uh, Lord, and if these things are new to us, may you just cause us to be struck uh, uh, for the first time with the wonder uh, that God would uh, become human to save us, to rescue us, Lord. Show any non-believers their need of Christ as their saviour, friend, Lord and King, we pray, dear Lord. And give us time during this busy and often stressful and, and difficult season, Lord, to come away from it all, just to remember you, to ponder the, the manger, uh, the child who would grow and live and die and rise for us, Lord, we pray. Uh, Lord, give us time to prepare to celebrate your you're coming to earth. And Lord, speak through your word, we would pray this, this season, um, this, this time, this morning. Uh, Lord, be with any who are unable to be uh, among us, Lord, be with all those who are away with various cares and needs, which we've already heard about. Will you minister to them, Lord, your, your provision, your blessing, your help, your, your aid, we pray. So, Lord, hear our prayers in Jesus, our Lord and Saviour's name. Amen. 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 Well, uh, let's uh, read from... Uh, Matthew's uh, Gospel, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 1, reading from verse uh, 18, although we've kind of already covered uh, these, these things this morning, so we'll kind of read, read it afresh, uh, reflectively, Matthew chapter 1, verse uh, 18 onwards to 
the, the end of the chapter. Titled, The Birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, this wonderful passage of scripture for which we thank the Lord together, um, this, this is uh, a passage which um, we at Birmingham City Mission in the youth team, which we um, kind of cover in our Christmas RE lessons. So as you may or may not know, um, uh, my, my two paid colleagues and I and two, uh, two volunteers as well, there's a team of five of us, we go around to secondary schools across the city and we do um, Christmas assemblies, Christmas lessons, and extracurricular kind of clubs as well, like Bible pastoral clubs. And um, we don't only cover Christmas, we have different themes throughout the year, but obviously we've been focusing on Christmas and Advent of late. So we've been visiting about 30 secondary schools throughout the city. And in the RE lesson to year seven and eight, so 11 to 13 year olds, we've been getting them to look at Matthew chapter one. We print it out and we get them to answer a few questions about this. And um, we get them to realise uh, or to see f from the scriptures, because many of them haven't read God's words, they don't know what the Bible teaches, they might have their own ideas about Jesus, but it's what they've heard in popular culture or media, or through imams or the religion they might follow. But we're able to show them from the scriptures, perhaps for, for the first time, about Jesus's divine identity and his, and his mission, his reason for coming to earth. And so we get them to, to see uh, that uh, Jesus came about not through Mary being unfaithful to, to Joseph, um, but rather that uh, Mary was innocent. She obeyed the Lord's calling and that Jesus came about through a miracle, through the Holy Spirit divinely implanting uh, the embryo Jesus. That God became human, that vulnerable baby implanted within Mary. Such is his humility and power. Uh, and he came, was born, died and rose. And we talk about how Jesus would one day save people from their sins. Um, and we look at what sin is. and We'll unpack these things uh, shortly uh, as well. And we talk about Mary's obedience as a servant of the Lord. And we talk about Joseph's godliness as well. That he was a thoughtful, reflective man. He wasn't a rash man. He didn't break off this engagement which back then was almost equivalent to a marriage is uh, now, quite legal. Uh, he obeyed the Lord. And we see uh, that he obeyed the Lord by calling Jesus 
the name, calling the child the name the angel had given, Jesus, shows Joseph treated Jesus as his uh, son. Um, so uh, we also look in the lesson at Isaiah chapter 9 and that wonderful prophecy about the divine Messiah. We get students to realise that Jesus' claim to be God, the great I am, the word of God, wasn't anything new. But the Old Testament had predicted that for hundreds and thousands of years in advance. His, this saviour would be a wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Uh, so these uh, Muslim students are able to see, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is, he's God, God in human form, Emmanuel, God with us as well. That other prophecy from Isaiah 7, uh, including uh, uh, Micah 2 as well. Um, that uh, this this Messiah who would come from Bethlehem in Bethlehem, uh, his goings forth would be from of old, even from everlasting. So through the scriptures, we're able to correct a number of misconceptions about Jesus's origin, his identity, his his mission, and students can see that Jesus didn't begin to exist on uh, what became then known as Christmas Day. He had always existed. He'd always been around, but he just changed form from spirit form in heaven to become a human uh, on that uh, that day uh, when he came to earth, when he was born of a virgin. So we thank God for his, his kind of word to the students. And we, if you join me in praying for the young people that the Lord would um, remind them of what they've heard over this season that uh, they might receive in their hearts this good news of great joy to them that they might realize their sinners need to be saved uh, and that they might receive hope and help with any problems and struggles and issues that they that they face well that was kind of a lengthy preamble and i've already covered in part some of the uh, uh, some of the, the message and meaning of uh, Matthew chapter one. But we'll, we'll cover a few more things. We've got a number of points here today, friends. Um, we have here uh, six points to do with Jesus's uh, uh, name and his mission. And they're not very long. Some are longer than others. So don't worry if one is quite lengthy. Uh, the others are shorter. Um, but we will look through these uh, uh, together. And it's, and there we are, thank you. Uh, so it's, uh, his name is Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. I'll try using the clicker and see if it uh, works. If not, then you, my friend, will uh, operate. Thank you very much. Uh, so meanings of names. I wonder what your name means, friends. Well, my name, John, means God is gracious. God is kind and loving. Do we have any Elizabeths here today? Elizabeth, any uh, Michaels, any Michaels, any uh, any Davids? Uh, oh no, maybe any. Okay, any any Stevens, Stephen or uh, Stephanie? Uh, 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 maybe some. Well, uh, Elizabeth is. You may know some of these. I'm sure. Uh, Elizabeth is my God. Is an oath. The name Michael means or Micaiah means. Uh, who is uh, like the Lord? Manoah means place of rest, and David means beloved. Stephen or Stephanie means crown. My wife's called uh, Stephanie. She definitely she wears the crown. <laughs> she gives the instructions, and I I follow the horse. <laughs> 
Oh, good marital jokes, right? Um, so I wonder, anyone want to tell us their name and if you know the me- meaning of it? James. Yes. What's the name? J- James is from Jacob, isn't it? Um, uh, ya- ya- Yaakov. Uh, Yaakov. Yes. Uh, what's that? Uh, is that su- su- supplanter? Is it supplanter or deceiver? Or is it? I should have checked that one. <laughs> any, any other ones? Victory. <laughs> Oh, Vic- oh yes, oh, wow, victory, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, though mine is like, I want money, Dadry, first of all. Oh, yeah. Uh, mine, yeah. Mine means like strong and courageous. Wow, I love so. that. Brilliant. Strong and courageous, victory. Good ones for Christians, aren't they? For the Lord's people. Um, we named my, my five-year-old daughter Esther, Esther's a star, and then Ethan, my three-year-old son, um, meaning steadfast steadfast or strong or, or firm all right well maybe you can look it up uh, later if you don't already know yes Caleb oh wow he was a mighty man of God wasn't he do you, do you know the exact meaning of that are you asking me or I'll be able to tell you in a minute. <laughs> we'll look that one up later. <laughs> oh, wow. What a food, food for conversation later then over the min- mince pies. Well, um, friends, so um, now names have meanings, as we can see. And um, in ancient Middle Eastern cultures, names were massive, weren't they? They were full of importance uh, and names always carried meaning and um, nowadays, parents will, will think a lot, long and hard, about the name of their ch- children and wanting to get it right. But they will think long and hard, often not because of the getting the meaning of the name right or having a biblical kind of a kind of a God kind of meaning. Uh, it's often so that the, uh, the, the the various letters or initials of their names don't sound anything wrong, or so that their name can't be shortened into something they don't like. And often that can often be the main reason why parents parents spend ages thinking about the meanings of names. But it was very different in Old Testament uh, times. Parents would agonise and think about the meanings of uh, names um, because they were prayerfully reflecting and asking God um, what what this child would become and what they therefore should call their uh, son or daughter. And uh, so it was often very, very different kind of back then to, to nowadays. Now, um, now in the Bible, there are a few examples. I've already, I've already covered some biblical names. Here are a few others where God, or, or rather where the parents choose the name uh, because God has kind of given them that name or the child would live out that meaning. So uh, Eve is... Uh, Genesis 3.20, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. So Eve is from the Hebrew word, which means live and living. And uh, when God changed Abraham's name to Abraham, uh, it's explained to us uh, why that Abraham will be the father of many nations, of many peoples. Now, um, in this uh, account, uh, Mary and Joseph didn't need to spend time agonising over the, the meaning of uh, the, the name, the name they'd call their son. The name was given to them. 
sometimes when God uh, God speaks or someone kind of instructs you what to do, in some ways it can be easier, can't it? You don't have to spend so much time worrying or agonising over it. But that's assuming that you like the, uh, the the instruction that's given or the name the name given. But here, Mary and Joseph, uh, they obeyed the angel. They called uh, their son uh, Jesus. God, in, through an angel, instructed them what to call uh, their son. Uh, and Jesus, what does Jesus mean in Hebrew? You may probably have seen up there that slide. You've seen, uh, name Jesus in Hebrew means Yeshua. Yeshua. That's absolutely right. From where we get the uh, the name, the, the biblical name, and it's quite a modern name too. What's the what's the kind of the Joshua? Joshua, you got it. That's right. Yeah, any Joshuas here? Any? No. No. Okay. Right. Well, let's go to this one then. Um, uh, and the uh, the Greek form of Yeshua was a uh, Jesus. Or Jesus. They also didn't pronounce J's in, in Latin. Jesus. Transliterated to become in English, Jesus. Jesus there. Now, have a look at this more lengthy one. We'll go through this step by step. So the name Jesus in English or Yeshua in Hebrew, it can be broken down into two parts, a prefix and a suffix. So firstly, the prefix, uh, ye uh, or, or G, G uh, in English. Uh, the first part is the, the G, uh, J-E of Jesus or Y-E, yea, if you're sure in Hebrew. And this is the shortened of the name of the Lord in the Old Testament. In the Hebrew tongue, uh, it's Yahweh, Yahweh, the all-holy name of God, which when transliterated became Jehovah, the, again, the name of the Lord, which is found in the Old Testament in capitals, emphasising the weight and importance and holiness of that name, so much that Jews wouldn't even utter it. Uh, and it's from there that we get, uh, that we take the J-E at the start of the name Jesus. And then the second one, the suffix is, is Shua, in Yeshua or Sus. The second part of the name Shua or Sus, um, and that is a verb in, in Hebrew, Shua is a form of the verb saves. And so Yeshua means Yahweh saves, or as a transliteration, Jehovah saves, which in English becomes Jesus, God, Yahweh saves. Again, you may well know uh, uh, much of that, or maybe newer perhaps to, to some, but that's exactly where it, where it comes from. So the fact that God, through the angel, wanted the name to be Jesus, Yeshua, was no accident. Nothing ever is with God. Uh, God wanted uh, the people to know about who this child would be and what what he would do, his life's mission. So um, that's the first one, the significance of the name Jesus. And the name Jesus, it teaches us many, many things. In fact, here's the first thing. Uh, it teaches us, firstly, his deity. <coughs> now, the name Jesus was not uncommon in those days, just as it's not uncommon in some cultures today is it like hispanic uh, nations for example you hear a lot of jesuses including um, premier league players and, and so on but this jesus is unique uh, this jesus will be be called uh, god saves because he really is the god who who saves because this baby jesus uh, is god the father's eternal divine son now made flesh the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. 
who tabernacled and made his dwelling place among us. God with uh, man is now appearing. Wow. That he dwelt uh, among us. He kind of, as, as a modern translation says, he pitched his tent in our uh, neighbourhood. Thou who art God, uh, beyond all praising, all for love's sake, becamest poor. Thrones for a manger did surrender. Sapphire paved courts for stable floor. Uh, many of our Muslim friends uh, are, are so shocked and, I don't know, sometimes outraged to think of the notion of God becoming human. But what I gently say to them, and uh, I know other colleagues do as well, is, is anything impossible for God? No. Therefore, by default, God can take on human form if he so chooses to save and rescue uh, people from their sins. It's gloriously true, outrageously true and glorious, isn't it? And so this Jesus does, doesn't have a name that merely reminded people that God saves, like with other babies. Uh, called Jesus. But this baby, Jesus, is that very God who saves, who came in human form. Never before did a name carry such significance. We were to call his name Jesus, Yahweh saved, because he will save his people from their sins. His name means the Lord saves and so the angel is saying, you are to give him that name because he will save. He will one day save people. And therefore, for me, the conclusion is, is that this Jesus, this baby, he is the Lord who saves. He's that very God, Yahweh, who will save. The triune God of the Bible, the living God, is a gracious and saving God. He delights to do this work. And we see that throughout the Old Testament. He's always telling his people that I am your saviour. I am your redeemer, your rescuer, your saviour. And that was looking forward to when the ultimate saviour would come. The ultimate sacrifice, Lamb of God, would uh, appear to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. To take away our sins. Um, and we here we see that this saviour had finally landed and appeared. God will not share his glory with another. God will not share the glory of being the saviour with anyone else. And so our Lord Jesus' name and its meaning, it assures us that this child is none other than God himself. He is God the Father's fellow, God the Son, the word of God, who is equal with the Father Equal in importance, but has a different role. The son who sent forth from the father into the world, who willingly came uh, for us. So we've seen that his name reveals his divine identity, his, his deity. But then secondly, it reveals his humanity as well. God in flesh is now appearing. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, as we sung uh, earlier. See, he wasn't always known as Jesus. Uh, many, many children, young people are, are ask this, that, that before Jesus, before he, the son, the word of God, the father's fellow, uh, the Messiah, before he came to earth in human form, he was in spirit form in heaven. 
at the Father's side for all eternity past, ruling over all things, being worshipped by saints and angels, just as he is uh, uh, now. Um, and uh, But when he uh, took on human form, was born the Virgin Mary, he needed a human name. So he identified himself with humans. So he needed a name. He was given a human name, which people called him. Include his parents, his uh, brothers, his, his siblings. Um, and so, as we've seen, the name chosen for him, which he humbly accepted, was Jesus, was Yeshua. God saves. His personal name. Isn't that amazing? His humility. When he came, he didn't demand to be worshipped as the king, your God. But he was, and he had many divine titles, to, yet he was willing to be called Yeshua. Uh, Jesus. He was willing to be uh, son of a carpenter, uh, born of a woman, uh, with human brothers and sisters, uh, willing to learn uh, the law which uh, is about him, uh, the uh, Mosaic uh, law and the Old Testament, willing to be uh, subject to his parents, as it says in Luke, uh, Luke's gospel. And um, all of these things he humbly did in order to be our human saviour as well as divine uh, saviour. And, you know, Jesus, our Lord, will always retain his humanity and he will always retain the name Jesus, uh, Lamb of God, uh, as well as his other names and titles. Uh, he will always be known as uh, and worshipped as uh, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, the Lamb of God, um, and he still retains in heaven his humanity, but glorified. Because when he rose from the dead, his uh, human form, his, his body that had been so marred and broken, was glorified and renewed uh, so that he could appear and disappear, so that he could be raised, never to die again. And so in heaven, he's the eternal God-man. Isn't that amazing that he didn't go back completely to his pre-incarnate state of being purely kind of, uh, uh, spirit uh, uh, being, uh, but uh, or, or non-flesh, uh, but rather he retains the divine and the human, the God-man for all, for all eternity. And his resurrected body is a picture, a pattern for one day when believers uh, are raised to life, when he returns, when our bodies are raised, bodies and spirits reunited, um, uh, we are given resurrected bodies like his resurrected body. To live in a perfect uh, world with him forever. Isn't that wonderful? And that's our hope, isn't it? That we, during his second advent, when he returns, uh, uh, may it be so. Or may that be what we long for, uh, that we will be with him. Free, dear friends, from all sickness and pain and, and suffering and tears. Uh, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? We won't be able to sin, to grieve him or others. Uh, we won't. Uh, have any of those things, it will just be perfect and ending bliss forever in glory with Christ and his people, with Christ, which is far better. So uh, the word became flesh and flesh uh, forever. He's got glorified uh, humanity uh, now. Um, he had to become one with his people in order to save his people. His people were human, so he had to become human. His people had human names. He had to take human name and a human nature. And we read this in Hebrews uh, 2, 2, 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself 
likewise shared in the same flesh. Verse 17 of Hebrews 2. In all things he had to be made like unto his brethren, brothers or sisters, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. For that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. So he became like unto us, uh, friends, in every way, except one thing, except having a sinful nature. Uh, he, he didn't have being God, uh, but he was made like us in every way. He felt pain and hunger and sickness and sadness and rejection and fear. And so if you feel this way at the moment or in the future, you have a saviour who understands, who's been here, who's walked in our, our shoes. And that gives us great hope, doesn't it? That our God isn't remote. He understands. We don't know why he takes away pain and sorry. We don't know why he allows uh, pain and suffering. We don't we don't know why he doesn't take it away. But yet we have hope. We know he understands and he wants to help us through it. And one day he will rescue us from pain and suffering itself all because Jesus came and died and rose for us. Isn't that a wonderful thought, uh, isn't it? That gives us great hope in our broken world um, uh, as well. So uh, he, he became a human to rescue humans, to draw out a people for himself. He came to save his people, people who he was calling to himself. Uh, uh, Jesus said, I've come to call um, uh, not the healthy or, the, or the, the, the perfect, because no one is perfect, but I've come to call sinners to repentance. Uh, I've come for the lost, lost sheep, lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, um, uh, he, he came to call um, uh, the lost sheep. Jesus said, I've come to rescue people. The number of times that Jesus talks in John's gospel about uh, the reason why he was sent from the father, or the reason why he's come, and he often says it's to, um, to obey the father, to carry out the father's will, to save people uh, as well. And in 1 John, it tells us this, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to put away and to deal with uh, sin. And that leads us on uh, nicely then to uh, the purpose of his coming, having, having seen his, how his coming shows his divinity and his humanity. We'll move on to this in just a moment. But just to summarise points one and two. Jesus is God, so he can save us, and he is human, so he can sympathise with us and represent us to the Father. So thirdly, we see the purpose for his coming, uh, which was, as we've seen, to save us from our sins. Sin being, as you may well know, sin being a number of things, how we've missed the mark, we've fallen short of God's perfect standards. Sin is also where we trespass, or tread over a boundary like that child proverbially it's a nice uh, stately home property where it says the, the the sign do not get on the grass you know a football stadium when you're on a tour do not tread on the hallowed turf and that bit in you is like oh, i just have to do it and so try and get away with it that's that's the sin uh, within us it's not doing the good we should and it's doing the bad that we shouldn't do it's defying god and his law breaking his laws it's pride thinking i will be okay i can do it there are no consequences who is god what 
what right does he have to tell me what to do? That's the heart of sin, isn't it? It's it's dishonouring, it's treacherous, it's treasonous uh, to God who demands and deserves uh, our all as our maker and king and the saviour of all who trust in him. So Jesus wonderfully came to save us from our sins. He could have stayed in heaven to say, forget you lot, you've dishonoured and defied me. Receive your fate, basically. That's what you deserve. I'd warned you, you didn't listen and that's it. But no, he graciously came at such great cost to himself. The father was willing to send the son to such suffering. The son was willing to come, the Holy Spirit, to uh, bring about his conception and to uh, strengthen him throughout his life um, in order to wonderfully save us from our sins. His job is a saviour, his office is a saviour and his passion is saving us from our sins to rescue a people from fallen humanity to himself. Isn't that wonderful, my friend? I wonder if you know that, that you're a sinner that um, though you are made special and beautiful and unique by a loving God with meaning and value, yet you are fallen, you have a sinful nature within you. As they say, you don't to, one doesn't need to teach a child to sin, they do it by instinct, you know, climbing up walls and uh, 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 fighting with brothers and sisters as my ch children have done. We have a sinful nature and we're sinners by practice, aren't we? We choose wrong. We know we shouldn't often, but we know... I trust that you know we need to be saved and forgiven of our <coughs> wrongs. And isn't it wonderful that he would come, as was prayed at the beginning, uh, for God so loved the world that he sent the Son. And it's because he didn't want us to perish eternally. Um, he, God didn't send the Son uh, to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. If we believe and trust in Jesus as Saviour and Lord, if we turn from our sins and trust in him. So then, uh, friends, so um, we see then fourthly and more briefly now, it teaches us that we are sinners who need a saving. Um, Jesus came for all sinners and all types of, of sinners. Um, Jesus uh, came for the, uh, the obvious uh, sinners, the notorious sinners, people who were people who messed up very publicly and big public scandals. Um, uh, he came for, um, for, for those uh, people. He came for, uh, for Matthew, the tax collector, for Zacchaeus. He came for Peter, who so publicly wronged the Lord. Jesus came for the woman of Samaria, who'd had five husbands. Came for the woman caught in adultery. For the notorious woman, the prostitute, uh, out of whom he'd cast out seven demons. He came for Legion, the de demoniac man, for the dying thief on the cross, to mention a few kind of obvious uh, sinners. But he also came for more respectable looking sinners as well. But sinners, nonetheless, uh, he, Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. He was often um, uh, abused and scorned uh, and mocked for receiving sinners. This man received sinners. And who is this? This uh, the carpenter's son, Mary and Joseph, who, who we know. Um, he was also mocked for um, being born of, of an unmarried woman as, as well. Jesus was willing to carry that reproach all of his life uh, also. Um, people didn't understand. But anyway, uh, he, they said this man receives sinners in a mocking way. 
But isn't it a wonderful thing that he does uh, receive sinners? Uh, and so he receives some more respectable looking uh, sinners uh, as well, whether it be Joseph of Arimathea, uh, who gave uh, him that tomb uh, to be buried in. Uh, Nicodemus, who came to him by night in John 3. Mary and Martha and his own adopted father, Joseph and Mary, both of whom, though uh, humble and obedient people, realised they needed uh, the one who they would uh, bring up and nurture to be their saviour. Uh, Mary said in Luke 1, 47, my spirit, my soul hath magnified the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my saviour. Mary and Joseph would have increasingly realised when they saw what their son did, who he uh, was. They'd have realised that this uh, son who they, uh, the child that Mary delivered, would one day uh, deliver uh, her and would save her from her sins. So Jesus came to uh, deal with our greatest need, the problem of sin. There are many great problems in our world today. We don't need any reminding of that, do, do we, friends? Uh, worries about climate change, the uh, economic uh, crises and issues, the fear of terrorism, obviously the terrible uh, war in uh, Ukraine and uh, so much going on, persecution and human rights being dishonoured. Um, and at the heart of all of it is sin, uh, greed, which causes much of the world's problems. And so we need to be saved from our sins, we need to be made right with God. Sin is the, the, the cause of all human problems. Um, I remember how our dear late Queen, about a decade ago in her Christmas message, uh, she said, uh, and I'm kind of paraphrasing now, it's kind of just coming to, uh, to mind, she said, um, uh, God didn't send a philosopher or a, um, or a poet um, or, a, or, a, or a, a scientist, uh, noble though they are, uh, but he sent a saviour uh, with the power to forgive. It is in forgiveness that we uh, receive the power of God's, God's love. Uh, she also said, sometimes we need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness and greed. And uh, how right she was, but God did send that saviour uh, for sinners. Um, Jesus' name also teaches us we cannot save ourselves. As we've kind of uh, touched upon there, uh, that uh, had we have saved, uh, been able to save ourselves, then he wouldn't have come. There would have been no need for it if we were OK by ourselves. And so, friend, if you uh, think that you're OK, I don't need Jesus. I'll keep him at arm's length. I'm in charge. I'm happy with that. Then then you are mistaken. Don't dishonour this Jesus by thinking you don't need him, that he's thinking that his life and death and resurrection was in was in vain, that it wasn't for you. No, he came for you. You need him. Let's humble ourselves before him in repentance and faith. We cannot save ourselves. It's not worth uh, trying. Um, uh, and let's not think, dear Christian friend, that before I come to Jesus, I need to wash myself, sort myself out first. Um, uh, and if you think, oh, I've done it again, I've messed up again with my sin struggle. Uh, how can God possibly receive me? Uh, well, just remember that he receives sinners and he can make the foulest clean. The Bible says uh, that he came to save us from our sins. His, 
his, his death, his sacrifice, his payment on the cross for our wrongs is sufficient for all of our sins, past, present and future. And so remember, Jesus paid for it. And, and so you can glorify and, and honour him and his name by receiving the forgiveness that he provided and that he offers. So come to him just uh, as you are. All you need in order to qualify for his rescue is to realise your need for him uh, and to shout uh, help. Just as that stranded swimmer um, uh, who's in trouble uh, shouldn't try to save themselves. They need to receive the rescue that the uh, lifeguard coming down on that search and rescue helicopter offers to them. To not struggle but to allow themselves to be rescued. All you need to do is, is receive Christ's forgiveness and new life that he, that he offers to you, my friend. So let him do what he does. He loves to save and you glorify him as the saviour when you come to him just as you are to Jesus. And when you cry out for Jesus to come to you and rescue you. We see sixthly that he wants to save us from our sins. <coughs> Jesus wants to take people from where they are and to bring them to where he wants them to be. And ultimately in heaven we will be renewed, as I said, with no sinful nature. And this starts uh, in life and it will be completed in heaven. So this is kind of we're nearing, nearing the, the end now. So how does Jesus save us? Well, firstly, he saves us from the, the, from the punishment of, of our sins by dying on the cross for us. Secondly, he saves us from the power of sin by giving us his spirit and coming into our lives to, in a sense, take the place of our sin. The Holy Spirit taking away the love of sinning and giving us the power to overcome it gradually, increasingly. We won't be perfect till we reach heaven, but the spirit helps us. We're not on our own. And then thirdly, one day he will free us, free the believer from even the very presence of sin and its effects. Uh, when he returns, when we will be saved to sin no more. So when it says Jesus will save his people from their sins, he will be our saviour each and every day as we receive his forgiveness uh, time and time again. My friend, you uh, become a Christian when you look to Jesus in faith and trust in him for the first time. And we continue as Christians by keeping on looking to Jesus. Come to him, call out to him, cry out to him, look uh, to him. What good news the name Jesus brings to Christians. News of, war of warmth, of kindness, of love, truly tidings of comfort and joy. Because his name is Jesus and how sweet his name is to our ears. And I'll just close uh, Friends, with this uh, uh, poem, which was read out to, uh, to me the other night, I thought I'd share it with you very briefly, and then I'll close because of time. Shepherds and angel, wise men and a star, can such strange events still speak from afar? Centuries pass and new crises abound. Is there no way for peace to be found? There's COVID and war and climate extremes, sickness and worry to shatter our dreams. Yet the star is still shining 
and angels still sing of peace and goodwill, for we still have a king, a king who still reigns, but not here on earth, though indeed he did once have a true human birth. His reign is unseen, it comes from above, and enters in hearts that respond to his love. Love stronger than death, life burst from the tomb, casting out shadows of darkness and gloom. On that first Christmas day, people slept unaware. Their eyes did not see that great curtain tear, as heaven touched earth and God became man, to set into place his recovery plan. He's coming back soon, what rejoicing to bring, when all his creation will crown him as king. So don't sleep like some, instead watch and pray. <laughs>